We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell, as always. I'm here with Jason Pat and Jason. We're talking about the Eastern Conference leading Chicago Bulls, eight and three, tied atop the East with the Washington Wizards. Bulls coming off a 117 107 victory over the Dallas Mavericks. Dare I say one of the one of the top feel good wins of the year this whole season through the first 11 games has been filled with feel good wins, quite frankly. But this was a really impressive performance for the Bulls. There were highlights left and right, uh, a full team effort during the first game of the season where DeMar DeRozan had more field goal attempts than points. He ended with 17, still had a pretty solid all around impact, I thought. But on a night when DeRozan was a little cold shooting the ball, the rest of the team picked him up. Lonzo Ball, specifically seven three-pointers. Alex Caruso, six steals and one incredible steal that led to a Lonzo football toss to Zach for a 360 dunk and a technical foul as Zach complained to their ref. About <laughs> Great technical. The last Screw that. Play. Great technical. Stacey King was complaining about that Come immediately on, on the broadcast. I love that. They were up like 15, perfect. 16 points. Who gives a shit? With like two minutes left. Come on. <laughs> so it's all feel good vibes for the Bulls right now, Jason. Tim Not Hardaway all. himself said, Tim Hardaway Jr. himself said, the Bulls are back. If actual NBA players are saying this, you got to love it. And we're joined today by someone we mentioned on, I think, every single episode of this Basically. podcast that started it. It's Stefan No who has been writing uh, pretty much daily about the Bulls. It is Substack, stephno.substack.com. It's No's Notebook. Make sure you subscribe to that. Make sure that you uh, you know, are, are giving Steph some uh, monthly subscription as well. So, Steph, thank you for joining us, man, and uh, how you doing? I'm so happy to be here, guys. Usually, like in the past, you know, three or four years when we've done this, we've really had to muster up the excitement, but I'm just legitimately pumped to watch every single Bulls game this year. They've been awesome, you know, like every game has been, they've been in it, 
Uh, it's been terrific. And yeah, uh, this Vooch news is kind of a little bit of a downer, but even with that, I mean, you have to be thrilled with where the, where the bulls are 11 games in. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously. Yeah. Ricky said all the vibes are good. They were all good until like uh, maybe like 2 PM central time today, whenever that was, as you mentioned, Nikola Vucevic, uh, health and safety protocols tested positive for COVID. We're just going to blame Joel Embiid for that because that's what I'm assuming because literally getting it right a couple, right after they play the Sixers or a few days after a couple times. So I'm just going to say it was Joel Embiid's fault. Shake my fist at Joel Embiid. Uh, (laughs) He'll miss at least, well, I guess it's 10 days or two negative tests within a 24 hour period. It seems like all these guys who've been doing this, they end up missing like the 10 days. I know like Larry Markin, I think is still in protocols. Uh, Tobias Harris, like just came out and beat is still in it. So I'm assuming right now that he's going to be out for the trip, five game road trip. And we'll talk about the trip coming up. But besides that, yes, the vibes have been awesome. As you mentioned, bulls are back. Everybody is saying it, even other NBA players, which is a lot of fun. So just, I guess, last, last night's game, as you met, Alex Crusoe was awesome. The, the great, the great, a couple of great highlights there at the end with the, the Levine dunk and the, the DeMar DeRozan dunk. I mean, Crusoe just literally like, like had two or three steals at the end where he was just stealing the ball from everybody. And he had that huge stretch in the third quarter. I said after last night's game that I thought this was like their most complete performance of the season in terms of just like playing really well throughout the entire game. Thought they had a little stretch there where the Mavs bench looked good, but like they looked like the far better team. The Mavs and Bulls were both seven and three, but I thought the Bulls looked just way better, just executed well. Now it's with DeRozan playing not great. Um, I guess just your general thoughts on last night's game and just looking at the bigger picture. Like so you wrote something about like sh- should we believe in the Bulls? And you're kind of leaning towards yes on this. So, and I think last night's game kind of showed just a, a complete game and how they can beat you in a lot of ways. Uh, and that, I think, just kind of feeds into your notion that this Bulls team, even with the Vooch stuff going on, that this Bulls team might legit be back for real, whatever you want to say about it. Yeah, I think we have a lot of evidence uh, at this point that the Bulls are going to be a lot better than people thought. You know, like they were so dominant in the preseason and people were trying to poo-poo that. They were so dominant in the beginning of the year and people were saying, you know, they're just playing these bum teams or whatever, but... At this point, they have a bunch of quality wins. I mean, their losses have all been pretty close. And um, yeah, like uh, the story that I put out today, like a lot of these stats start to stabilize uh, by this point of the season, 11 games in. So there's a statistical argument. Just just watching the games, though, I mean, it's so clear that they're just way better than people expected them to be, you know, like. Uh, the, the stuff that they're doing, it definitely does not seem fluky to me, like in the slightest, uh, especially like on the defensive end, you know, like a lot of times these good defensive teams early in the season, just, it, it seems like they're benefiting mostly from luck. Like, I don't feel like the bulls are stopping teams based on luck. Like they're just, uh, destroying teams being so aggressive and getting steals and rotating pretty well. Um, so it's all stuff to me that's very sustainable. Uh, as far as like the game uh, last night against the Mavs, like usually I'm taking very diligent notes and stuff, and uh, just watching that one, I was I was just like, uh, you know, th- there's no uh, fancy takeaway here. This is just like an awesome team that's <laughs> just like kicking their ass, you know. Uh, so you just have to like sit back and enjoy it sometimes, and like you know, hearing Ricky's play by play of um, that last play. Uh, Zach's 360 dunk. Like, I just couldn't believe it. You know, like we would never, ever see a play like that in previous years. Like I can't even remember since, since basically the Jordan year, since the dynasty. So to be able to see something like that, you really have to just 
appreciate it because it is, it, it's a rare thing to have a season like this. That's just uh, so unexpected. It reminds me a lot of like the 2010, 2011 season where the expectations for that team, I mean, they were 500 two years in a row with Finney Del Negro. And then all of a sudden they just took this massive leap, you know? And I, I feel like, I, I mean, I don't think they're going to be as good as that team, obviously, because that was just like ridiculous, but we're definitely seeing something special here. And I think people are kind of taking it for granted. Like they're thinking that, um, you know, they're, this team is just going to fall back down to earth. Maybe they will because of this Vucevic thing, but I think that this team is a lot better just talent wise than anybody thought they would be uh, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I thought they were going to be a good team. I think the over under in Vegas was had them around 500. I thought they were going to clear that pretty easily. I thought they should be able to like get out of the playing tournament. But I got to say, man, even before I got your no, even before I got your uh, newsletter uh, the next morning earlier today, I was thinking after that game last night, I didn't put it out there, but I was thinking like, man, this is the first time I'm starting to think maybe the Bulls can go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe the Bulls can go to the NBA Finals. It's going to be oh, tough. Man. Obviously, we haven't seen them <laughs> against the Bucks, right? And that's, you know, the defending champion. Uh, we saw them beat the Nets and the Nets certainly look like a shell of themselves, uh, from the team that we thought they were going to have in the preseason. They might get Kyrie Irving back at some point. James Harden might go back to being an absolute superstar. We know Durant is just an absolute killer. We still haven't seen the Bulls against the Heat, and the Heat look awesome to start the year. The Heat would be uh, one of the teams I'd be really nervous about. But you wrote in uh, your newsletter today, Steph, that it's time we consider that the Bulls are probably closer to a 60-win team than a 40-win team. And... Just watching this team, to me, it just seems like they have things they can bank on, right? Like the perimeter defense with Lonzo and Caruso, that's going to travel every game. So like even if you're having a cold shooting night or something, you know that those guys are going to bring it defensively every single night. They're getting to the foul line. They're not turning the ball over. They're awesome in transition. They're getting out in transition, not in super high frequency, but they finish so efficiently when they do get in transition. I think, I think that number has been coming up. I think I saw someone tweet that the, the just the amount they're getting on transition has come up a little bit. And then in the half court, I think they're like around seventh in the league in both half court efficiency and like your number of possessions they're uh, taking in the half court. So, yeah, dude, I am really starting to believe in this team. Like, I don't know. We're not going to know how they really stack up to the league's elite yet. I think that's okay. That's like part of what the regular season is for. You continue to like build up. Every team's going to have injuries. Every team's going to have setbacks. The Bulls now have their first with Vucevic being out. But I'm curious, Steph, like, do you think it's, uh, like, it, it, seem, it would seem foolish to put a ceiling on this team right now, right? Like, obviously, there's uh, teams like the Bucks and, like, the Nets who have these, like, championship expectations built in, but I don't know, the West, there's no one in the West who's really scaring you too much. In the East, uh, we already seen the Bulls beat the Nets once. Am I crazy for thinking that you shouldn't be able to put it? You shouldn't put a ceiling on this team right now. I feel like we're setting them up to lose by like forty to the Warriors, <laughs> and, that's fine. and that's fine if they do. It's a long season, uh, but like what you said about the these stats about the offense, especially like I, I want to focus on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you said they were seventh in half court offense. Uh, I, I knew they were good, but. I mean, like when you watch their half court offense, it doesn't even look that good. You know, like they're discombobulated a lot of the time. Um, you can tell that it's a team where most of these guys have not played together and just the timing on a lot of the plays is off. They're getting bailed out 
like quite a bit by just like tough shot making from DeMar and Zach Levine. So I think that once they get those actions down more, um, they're, they're going to be better. And especially like Vooch shooting, whatever, 37% (laughs) from the field. Like if he just shoots his normal percentage, uh, like his value comes from those half court possessions, right? Like he's not, he's not going to add value in transition or whatever. He's just like a very solid option there when you don't have anything better. So um, yeah, I, I think the team has a ton of room to grow offensively. Um, I mentioned in my newsletter today that they have a lot of avenues. They've set themselves up to make a midseason acquisition for uh, not even just like a fringe player. They can get like a pretty quality starter with the the pieces they have available. So, um, yeah, as currently constructed, I wouldn't go as quite as far as Ricky saying like this team can make the finals, but <laughs> if they do find somebody like, I think, um, yeah, a lot of these teams are just going to fall out of contention and they're going to find um, pieces available on the market. So do you have anybody we, in mind? I haven't, I haven't uh, really, I was asked that on Tuesday on a podcast I was on and I haven't thought about people in this um, Derek Jones junior slot, which is where they could make the most impact. He makes like $10 million. And also I just think it's going to depend too on like which teams fall out of it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I, th- I think that can be, uh, th- this is just like a, we're seeing a very broad outline of what this team is going to be, you know, one or two months from now. Their, their offense that they're uh, using this year is like pretty complex. Like it's a lot of read-based stuff that you need to have a comfort level with your teammates in order to uh, really utilize. So yeah, they're, they're just not clicking on all cylinders offensively. So once they do that, I think that they are going to be, if they, if they ever can do that, I mean, it takes like very high intelligence players to be able to pull what they're trying to do off. So I think they're doing it at like, you know, 60 or 70% right now, if they can ever get that up, then it's going to be pretty scary how good this team can be offensively. Yeah. It does feel crazy. I think we said on our last pod that like, it doesn't feel like, like I feel as it feels like Zach hasn't been great. And he's like at 26 points per game. The offense has felt bogged down at times. Like you mentioned, that it doesn't feel like they've been operating like even close to their high level and they're sixth or seventh, whatever they are in overall offensive rating. And that's like, and with Vooch shooting, I think he's almost at 40% now after his eight of 14 game yesterday. Uh, finally, he's got some stuff going on the post hit a three. That was nice. Uh, finally just finishing because he was, I think before the last game, I think I had written it. I think he was like 15 of 37 in the restricted area. Like, and, and that's just crazy. Like 40% shooting in the restricted area for Vooch is like insane, insanely bad stuff. So you just say, consider some, and like the three point shooting. I know they've, they, they're like percentage has been okay, but, and there was great against the Mavs, but like they haven't been taking many at all. And there's room for improvement there. Like when Kobe comes back, if Zach starts shooting more threes again, uh, if Vooch starts doing a little better from three. So there's like room for improvement there. Like, I don't think like the foul stuff is going away. They're one of the best foul shooting teams in the NBA in terms of percentage. I think they're number one by like a decent amount. And then attempts like DeMar, the, the new rule changes haven't affected him at all. I think Zach's even a little higher than normal. And I know he was pissed off at the refs last night, but it, like as you kind of mentioned, it seems like a lot of this is sustainable with room for growth as well. So, yeah, it's it's there definitely is like I feel like just like a super a lot of reasons to be excited about that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ricky, absolutely. Uh, Yes. Uh, did you have any other any thoughts on uh, any other thoughts on last night's game, or uh, otherwise we can uh, look ahead maybe to the, talk about this Vooch thing a bit more? Yeah, I, w- I was curious about Vooch because Vooch felt like finally started to get it going. Yeah, uh, probably his best game of the season last night. Maybe uh, you know just finally hitting his shots, and I think he missed a couple easy ones in the early going, but like got the offensive rebound, got the putback. Uh, we really saw him in the late in the fourth quarter of the Brooklyn game. He hits a three. I think he had one more bucket. Finally, start like he was. Finally, felt like he was starting to get some positive momentum. Now he's got COVID, and that sucks. And you know, we've seen that really linger in athletes and just even non-athletes uh, since the pandemic started. Jason Tatum really doesn't seem like he's the same player since he got COVID. I don't know if that's totally because of COVID or not, but. Uh, I guess, you know, we don't want to speculate on how COVID is going to affect Vooch, but I'm curious, Steph, like, where was your worry level with Vooch on this really slow offensive start? Because I want to say that his true shooting was something like 45% or something. It was like 10 points below league average. Now, he's always been a really good, efficient, you know, relatively efficient scorer. Uh, he's playing at a little bit of a disadvantage because he doesn't get to the line much. And he's done a lot of other good things for the team this year, right? His passing has been huge for the team in the half court. Uh, just like the spacing he provides, taking those three-point attempts, I think really helps them. And defensively, I think you got to say he's been better than anyone could have anticipated. Like, he had this reputation as a guy who league-wide was pretty rough defensively, but also, like, most of the defenses he's been in is, have performed pretty well as long as he's used a specific way. But I got to admit, man, I was getting pretty frustrated with Vooch missing these point blank shots over and over again. In a lot of them, he wasn't even coming close. I mean, he was just like chucking it off the rim, it felt like. So where are you at with Vooch right now? Obviously, it's tough with him uh, in health and safety protocols. Hopefully, he's able to get fully healthy. But, you know, what, where was your thought process on him uh, after last night's game? Well, what scares me the most about his season is um, – that there's no real explanation for why he was playing so bad. Like if you could point to one thing and say, Oh, he just needs to fix this. Then that would be a different story, but it's just so bizarre. Like there, um, the explanations that he's given for why his play has tailed off. Like, I don't think they really passed the sniff test. Like he said that he was a slow starter and, uh, Kevin Farragan researched that and showed that like, it was only one year where he really started slowly the other years in his career is like pretty solid. I looked at his preseason stats too. He was terrible in the preseason. He was here. It was the same um, stuff too. Bricken just like easy shots around the basket. I feel like, and his three point yeah, shooting was awful. He said he's always bad in the preseason, but I looked and like that's not true. You know, like most <laughs> of the time he was pretty good in the preseason. He had two really bad years, one kind of bad year, and every other year he was like really good in the preseason. So 
Um, I don't think that was the reason. I don't think the slow starter thing um, has that much merit. And then uh, he said that it's because of a role adjustment. I don't think that has much merit either because if you look at the shots that he's missing, like he was taking the exact same shots last year and draining them. They're like wide open, like four foot shots that he's missing. Like that has nothing to do with your role. You know, you should just be able to hit those. Um, so yeah, just the fact that we have no idea why he was playing so bad and we don't know, hopefully, you know, yeah, he did play better in the Dallas game and for like two minutes in the Nets game or whatever, but I don't think we're quite out of the woods yet on what is exactly going on with his season. So I just, you know, I don't have an answer to, you know, that that's, that's the biggest concern for me. And then we're going to see just how valuable he is. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to say, what is your concern level without him in the lineup for this warriors, assuming he misses the whole trip, warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Blazers, Nuggets. I mean, I'm extremely worried because they just brought up uh, Simonovich today. Uh, When I watched him, I mean, he showed flashes of being an interesting player, but I did not think that he was ready at all to be a rotation player. And I, you know, I wasn't surprised at all when the season started, they uh, assigned him to the G league. Um, So if you're counting on him, that's going to be really, really rough. Cause he's, he just doesn't understand um, defensive rotations yet. He's not big enough to play in the NBA. Uh, I think like he, he does bring some passing and, his shooting was pretty bad too. I looked bad like adjusting. Yeah. yeah, adjusting to the the further line. Maybe he's. I haven't looked at his G League stats. Maybe he's been better. Um, yeah, and then like, I mean, we don't. <laughs> Tony Bradley's been fine. He's been pretty good. I'm kind of worried that he's going to get COVID too because like he's been practicing against Vooch, right? Right. Yeah. You have, yeah. That's like, another thing you have to worry about. Be I mean, really we, close contact. Yeah, we saw with the Sixers. I mean, they had what four or five guys going protocols like. Well, if that happens to the Bulls on this road trip, like I feel like they're in big, big trouble. Yeah, I guess it's point pointless to speculate, but yeah, I mean, right. In the back of your mind, that has to worry you that more guys are going to get it. Yeah, I mean, with with Bradley, I feel like Bradley's been he has had some really nice games, but like I, like big minutes. Like I don't think you can rely on him to play big minutes a lot. And then like Al, I feel like Alize has been pretty bad. Like he had some nice energy. He had a few offensive rebounds last night, but. Uh, him and then i mean otherwise they're probably just gonna would, do you think they're just gonna play like super small all the time like uh jim just, like, don't style, five point guards right exactly I mean, and it, with pat <laughs> out too like it's not like they can go to like a pat at the center lineup he is also out so like uh yeah they don't have many great options i mean they're gonna play like tyler cook their two-way player like he's only six eight as well so it's not like he's like a huge body uh it's definitely gonna be Interesting. Jason, you're bringing down my, my initial like, high here that we had. I know. <laughs> Talking about good the years. Just been. like thinking about it, it's like, well, if they had to face like AD, not that Booch would do much. I mean, at least he's like a big body. Uh, you got you throwing Tony Bradley out there against Anthony Davis and like Jokic down the line, and that like, yeah. Uh, obviously, brutal matchups, anyways. But now without your one one of your legit centers, it's like maybe we'll throw Alex Crusoe on Anthony Davis or Alonso. I don't know. It's going to be weird. Yeah. I mean, I think they're probably just going to p- probably play super small a lot and just like try to push. Well, Billy's answer to everything so far when it comes to front court players has been let Lonzo defend him in the post. And Lonzo has done a pretty good job in that thus far. We saw him defend Julius Randle really well uh, for the Bulls first loss of the season. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't know if Marco's actually going to be getting minutes, but otherwise you're looking at Tony Bradley and Alizé splitting minutes at the five. That's pretty rough. Uh, to change the subject slightly, Steph, 
you know, when the Bulls lost those back-to-back games to the Sixers, I was, I started to get a little bit worried that maybe the Bulls were running into a math problem, that they just weren't taking enough threes. And right now, I think 31% of the Bulls field goal attempts come from three-point range. That's 29th out of 30 teams. Uh, They're playing a lot of lineups where there's just maybe one shooter on the floor or, you know, depending on how you view Caruso, to me, it's like Caruso, Zach, and Lonzo need to be the guys getting up the threes. Uh, but I do subscribe to the idea that, like, you need to at least be taking, like, a baseline amount of threes to even give yourself a chance to compete at the highest levels. Now, the Bulls have still been killing it without taking a lot of threes because they get so many steals. They're very efficient in transition. They get to the foul line. They don't turn it over. There's all these reasons. But – you know, does the uh, does the lack of three point attempts worry you? Do you think that that's something they can like? You know, they can still be a top four finisher in the East if they finish 29th in three point rate. Uh, sort of, how, how do you look at that issue? Yeah, it does worry me. Uh, I think they're wasting a, a lot of Demar's playmaking too. Like, uh, especially in the last game against the Mavs, he was creating a lot of open corner threes for teammates, and the guys just weren't hitting them. You know, Javante Green. Like the only shots he takes are wide open corner threes and uh, put <laughs> Um, So he has to shoot better. I don't, I don't know, have his season percentages in front of me, but I feel like uh, he either like swishes threes or he's like totally off. Like he's airballing them or, you know, like barely grazing front iron. So uh, same thing with Derek Jones Jr. Like he, all, all of his threes have been wide open. Uh, and to his credit, like, way. He has not hesitated in shooting them. I think that's good, but he's just not, that's not his strength. You know, like it's, it's like when the team had Thad Young and they were just using him as a spot up shooter, like that can kind of hit threes, you know, he was like whatever, 33, 34%. But if he's taking a high volume of threes, then you're probably <laughs> not doing very well. So yeah, they just, they just need better shoot. I think like you guys have talked about all the time on the podcast. Like once they get Kobe back, that's going to be huge because they really need, especially on those bench units, they need some more shooting. Um, and then obviously, you know, Vooch, Vooch shot so many threes. Like I was expecting him to be a huge source of uh, three-point shooting for them. And then Patrick Williams, you know, him being out, he didn't shoot a ton of threes, but he at least shot like, you know, three a game or whatever. And he was pretty high accuracy on them. So they're, they've, it's just like death by a thousand paper cuts. You know, they've lost so many um, attempts from so many different places and it's cumulatively added up to where it's, it's, it's a concern. Yeah, for sure. It's a concern. And hopefully, you know, Kobe will just go in there and gun. He'll shoot like, you know, 10 threes per 36 minutes, which I could definitely see him doing. That's like a realistic yep. number. I've said that that's like, should be his one job. Obviously he'll have other stuff to do, but like your one main job, Kobe is to get in there and just launch three. So you get put tomorrow at point and those second units and Kobe's standing in the corner, literally just shoot the ball. Like just be ready every time and launch it up. Yeah. He's, he's gotta be this team's J.R. Smith, like J.R. Smith on those uh, championship teams. When basically whenever he plays with LeBron, like all he did, I think like 85% of his shots were three pointers, even though theoretically he could do more on offense. Well, at least when he was younger, you know, I think that's what just Kobe has to focus on. Just, Every single time he touches the ball, look to shoot. Uh, yep. Just look to spot up shoot. Don't look right. to drive. Just yeah, look right. to take a three. Yeah, I was. Gonna say, I, I love Lonzo. Got up ten yesterday. He obviously was on fire and he made seven. And he's up to like forty four percent, I think, from three career high. Uh, and I just love that that he was he was not hesitating in last night's game. Just get those threes up. And I think was he's like all those all these guys are are down like from last year. Like you mentioned, 
Vucevic, I think, shot like six a game last year. He was at like four right now, and obviously he can't make anything. But I mean, Zach is down. I think he only he did he Zach kind of floated through last night's game. Uh, besides yeah. the one burst in the second, but I know he's got the thumb. Like I think that's probably affecting his three point shooting. But he's taking uh, a lot more mid rangers. Yeah, too. and he's been awesome for mid range. Like he's still he's cashing everything. Just the threes just really haven't been there for him. Um, and Alonzo has been down. Like he's I think under seven a game. Or he's probably around seven a game. But he took over eight a game last year with the Pelicans. Like. Lonzo, take nine, 10 threes a game. Like I'm totally in because you can't do anything. I'd rather him jack the threes and do these little mid-range bullshit. I said the other day, like he needs a shot collar when he just pick and roll and shoots a mid-range fadeaway jumper. We, I think he's made like one this season. Just fire up the threes, man. It's just way better for the offense. Uh, and it would be nice to see a few of these other guys. Speaking of Kobe coming back, maybe on this trip. And then I think we could bring up IO as well. Uh, because he's also been a guy who's standing in the corner and getting these open pass from DeRozan. And he's obviously not a good shooter either. What do you think the rotation will look like when Kobe does come back? What do you think that means for IO? And I guess also just how, what do you think of IO in general? Uh, I, because I think Billy said the other day that he thinks it might go 10 deep. Uh, because I think he wants to keep playing IO once Kobe comes back. I think he's probably earned the minutes. He's made a pretty nice impact in, in certain games. Uh, there have been other, like he wasn't very good last night. He did hit like a couple big shots, but overall it was kind of a rough night. He's very inconsistent with his offense. Uh, just, I guess, obviously I threw a lot at you there, but just IO in general, and then his spot in the rotation once Kobe comes back and just how that you think that'll play out. Yeah, it's clear Donovan loves IO. So yeah. I don't think that IO is going to follow the rotation. When I watch him, what I see is, uh, He's he's somewhat of like a streaky player. Like he'll string together a bunch of bad possessions and then just have three or four really, really good ones. So if I was Donovan, maybe I don't really prescribe to the hot hand theory, but in Io's case, maybe, yeah, if you see him kind of going off the rails, just sit him for a couple of minutes. If you see him getting hot, then leave him out there. Uh the way that I would create minutes for Kobe is I would probably just pull Javante Green out of the rotation completely. Uh, I've said before that um, I would start Caruso. I heard you guys talking about that on your last podcast. So yeah, I would just start Caruso and then uh, play Kobe with the bench units. Uh, basically let him take Caruso's bench minutes. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, we've been a little, we have reined ourselves in on the hype to this point. I wanted to ask <laughs> you about Caruso starting. Let's just talk about Caruso in general. Caruso was awesome. absolutely awesome <laughs> yesterday. Six steals. The dude, like, we knew he had a reputation as being one of the best point-of-attack defenders in the whole league, but damn, man, he's playing up to it. He's been just absolutely terrific guarding the ball. Offensively, I think he's a little – he's pretty weak in terms of creating his own offense. Like, you normally don't see guards who are as limited as he is in terms of creating off the bounce. Very but despite that, he's, he's still a massively high-impact player. So Caruso and Lonzo, the two big additions in the backcourt over the offseason – uh, both of them have things like holding them back from being complete players, but both of them have been pretty great for the Bulls so far. There's no way the Bulls are eight and three without Caruso and Lonzo balling out to this point. Just curious, you know, what do you make of the additions of Caruso and Lonzo to this point? And, uh, you know, how have they sort of met, surpassed or underwhelmed wherever your expectations were? I want to ask you guys about a kind of spicy take I have. I haven't put a ton of thought into it, so it might be totally that's off the, base. That's the Let's best go. kind of take. <laughs> yeah, so um, it really annoys me when people only compare Caruso to unathletic white guys because that's not that's not his game at all. You know, like he's he's actually a pretty good athlete, and 
Um, he's just not similar to the guy. Like he's he's not similar at all to Ryan Archdiakon. Right. Yeah. That, that comp drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, so I was trying to think of like who he actually plays like, and one name that I thought it's it's not a perfect comparison because their offensive games are kind of different, but I do think like he's a lot closer to Marcus Smart than Ooh. some of these crappy white guys that he's always compared to. What do you guys think about it? Like the I, w- the reason I say that is like Smart is just always making winning plays. Like he has a lot of flaws to his game, but he would just find a way, especially in close games, to impact it and help the Celtics win. So I see a lot of that in Caruso, and also their defense is a lot more similar than uh, people probably would have thought before this year. Yeah, I like that comp. I got an even more optimistic, just totally crazy one of Drew. Holiday. They're both about the same size. They're both really good uh, point of attack defenders. Holiday is probably one of the few guys you would put above Caruso in that category, probably. Uh, Holiday, too, though, if you remember in the Bucks playoff run last year. And he's still like a 20 point per game guy. But, you know, his performance would definitely swing back and forth. So I'm not saying that he's as good as Holiday. Easy. As a max contract (laughs) and who. You know, they acquired him for three first round picks, but that's sort of the style of player he is, like a poor man's version of that. Uh, I like that. Let's Marcus go up a notch, Ricky. Let's, uh, let's say he's the next young Pip. Get some Scotty <laughs> Pippen uh, hate mail going towards our way. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, we already have, what, the baby Dennis Rodman on the team and Alizé yeah. Johnson, right? Well, so, young Pip is open now. It turns yeah. out that Chandler Hutchison is not the next Scotty Pippen. <laughs> Who could have seen that one coming? And then just what what have you thought of Lonzo so far? Because uh, he'll have some moments where, like, he's a pretty frustrating player. Can't make a layup. <laughs> but, again, super high-impact player. I don't think the Bulls are 8-3 and three without Lonzo uh, on the team this year. And I think Zach Lowe mentioned this on one of his podcasts. I was thinking the same thing, too, but couldn't really articulate it, that, like, when you have Lonzo on your team, like, it just sort of like gets into the rest of the team's bloodstream in terms of how he plays. Donovan says it all the time in his press conferences. Oh, we have to run for Lonzo. That's the biggest reason we have to run. Cause that's how Lonzo wants to play. Uh, what have you thought of Lonzo so far? So it reminds me a lot of when Fred Hoiberg was the coach and one of his sayings was there's no such thing as a bad shot. And then you would see Michael Carter Williams pull up from 25 feet and hit the top of the backboard. And you'd think, wait, like this sounds good in theory, but actually (laughs) there are very bad shots. Um, So I think what Billy is doing, I mean, his biggest strength is probably that he is just awesome at empowering his players. But there's a flip side to that too, right? Like sometimes players are not very good at um, knowing what their actual strengths and weaknesses are. Like they think they're a lot better at certain things. I think that's definitely true with Lonzo when you see him take all these uh, crappy pull-ups. I looked at his percentage on, pull up jumpers and it was, it was terrible. I mean, I didn't, I don't know what it is this year, but in his career, it was like, you know, 25 or 30% or something. And he takes a lot of them. Uh, so that's also what I was saying before on how there's a lot of room for this team to improve offensively. If they just clean up some of that stuff. And you guys were talking about Caruso too. Like um, Caruso is, I love Caruso. Like I've been talking up Caruso so much every chance I get, but he's not, a pick and roll ball handler. He's, he's really bad. He's brutal in that role. Like he just can't break down defenses. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, uh, they definitely need to clean that stuff up. Uh, as far as my overall impressions of Lonzo, I think he's great, but again, like you need to, 
you you need to clean up some of the bad stuff in his game um, to really bring out the most of his value, and they haven't done that yet. So I think he's been good with a chance to get a lot better if they establish, some, I guess, some more like baseline rules of what he can can and cannot do. And I do wonder, like, when they, at the beginning of the season, like Lonzo was talking about how, like, oh, I'm going to be like an actual point guard again and like not not just like a three and D point guard. And obviously, I feel like he's done like a, a lot of that and like with those pull up jumpers and like pick and roll. Like, I wonder if that's like Billy, like seeing if he can do it and like he's not doing it. So you hope that like it's like, all right, like Lonzo, you got to cut that shit out and hopefully they will clean that up at some point because i think it, I, I just wonder if that is like something that's playing into that they're trying to empower him more they're trying to give him a little bit more leash on what he could do offensively uh clearly though just can't shoot jumpers with mid-range stuff he can't he does not can't make layups just get up the threes and push the ball ahead as as fast as you can i mean he's obviously like his the push ahead passing and the transition stuff has been awesome i mean the pass he made on the levine 360 was just ridiculous right over Dwight Powell's head and almost just pinpoint stuff. And he does it, he does it every night where he gets a couple assists. Just if someone's running down the court, like he hits it, just like focus on that stuff. Enough of the pick and roll uh, mid range jumpers and crap like that. And you're good. Good in my book. Uh, So bulls warriors tomorrow in San Francisco, Vooch obviously out. I think Draymond's going to be out too, right? Cause he's my my guess is they'll probably hold him out. I feel like they're 10 and one. I feel like though, I mean, I'm sure he wants to play, but it seems like with him, all the miles on those legs, I feel like they're going to be super safe, but I believe he is questionable right now. Top team in the East, top team in the West NBA finals preview. Everyone's (laughs) saying it. I just said it on this podcast, at least. Uh, What do you expect in that game? Steph, do you think the bulls can compete with the warriors who at their best have looked amazing this season, but they've also played a cupcake schedule um, not having Draymond would be a significant blow to them. You know, what, what do you sort of expect in that game or what are you looking for in that game? Yeah. Like you said, um, their record isn't quite reflective of how good they are just because they've had a really, really easy schedule. Um, this is the game where I need to see Caruso starting because Steph, Steph has been unreal this year and they're going to get torched if they don't start Caruso. I mean, just point blank. Like it's going to make a huge difference. They, every single minute that they can put Caruso on Steph, they should, because I mean, like he's probably the best guy in the league uh, that you can throw at him. He's, I mean, Steph is still going to score obviously because you can't stop a guy like that, but he's going to slow him down as much as possible. So he's super physical with them. Yeah. One thing that really worries me is if he gets in foul trouble early, the bulls are going to be totally screwed, uh, which he has a propensity to do. So yeah, um, just have to be really careful with that, and that's that's going to swing the game. Are you ready for an Otto Porter Jr. revenge game? <laughs> <laughs> He's been playing like kind of decent, right? I think yeah. so. I saw a game. He had like four threes again on a game the other day. I know they've. I think they've been trying to limit his minutes because the dude is twenty eight, playing going on thirty eight, and he can barely move these days. But I think he's like really nice for what just their style of play. He's just a pretty versatile guy. They might even be playing him at the five sometimes. I think they're playing him like the four or five. Uh, so it's a nice fit for them. Uh, I just hope he doesn't hit like five or six threes tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> Belly has been game. amazing for them too. Who has you say Belly? Yeah, Bielitsa. Yeah, um, yeah, kind of an interesting matchup too for the Bulls because the Warriors don't have that dominant center, so maybe they won't get hurt that much. They, they, I, I wonder how much they should actually play Tony Bradley because. 
kind of a weird match. You just match him with Looney. I think they start Looney probably. I think. Yeah, I think they give him like the Bogans, like yeah. Stars, but he doesn't really play that. There's much. gonna probably be a ton of small ball. I would assume in this game tomorrow. Yeah, they, I, Alize the might play more. Yeah. You know, I mean, you might even be able to get away with playing like Derek Jones Jr. at center. I don't know. <laughs> like, might as well. Like, if, if the Warriors are gonna go small, I think the Warriors get a, they get up a ton of threes. The math problem, I think, is gonna be something to look at. I mean, obviously with Steph, but I mean Jordan Poole launches threes. Uh, Wiggins can be hit or miss. I know Wiggins uh, completely owned Carl Anthony Towns the other night with a couple of massive dunks and just a huge game in general. So that'll be something to watch for sure is the amount of three pointers. Uh, I know the, the Warriors defense has been very good. This I think they're number one by like a lot. And that might maybe, maybe, yeah, a lot Draymond of that is, is obviously though. huge there uh, if they don't have Draymond. So it, it will be just kind of a fascinating matchup. But it is a bummer that Vooch obviously won't be able to play because this could have been a game where. Especially if Draymond missed, like maybe he could have really gone to work and feasted. Um, yeah, maybe that's a good thing then that they don't feed him like twenty times in the post. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is true. Um, Ricky, you have anything else? I, I got like a, one or two more things here. I just got one more. So Go I want to know, Steph, the viral Bulls celebration yes. video <laughs> that was going to be my spins. You know, I checked Bulls Reddit today, and it was even on Bulls Reddit. It's everywhere, Steph. It is the anthem of the season. Every time the Bulls win, that video is getting shared around the internet. So how'd you come up with it? What was the inspiration? <laughs> uh, you know, what, what was the thought process behind putting that thing out? Uh, yeah, that video is called, uh, the song is called, I think, Levin Polka. And uh, I saw it on Reddit or something like a year ago. And I thought... Um, this is really funny. I wonder any, and basically anytime I see a meme, my brain immediately goes to the bulls and like, how can I use this uh, to make fun of something the bulls are doing? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that came together in about three minutes. If you can tell from the the video editing quality. And um, I was like, should I tweet this? It's kind of weird. It's kind of stupid. And then uh, it checked both of those requirements that I always need something to pass in order to tweet. And I hit the send button and the reception has been great. So hopefully we can tweet that out another uh, 52 times, get up to that 60 win mark. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. That video is absolutely hilarious. And just making making the rounds all over Bulls Twitter. It's awesome. It is, uh, it's just, <laughs> I've been a little it's, bit just so catchy. But, the, yeah. Just so damn catchy with the, the drums and his wailing and then you got the goofy cat it's great yeah, stuff. you guys you guys just got a new theme song it's too bad otherwise you'd <laughs> i know exactly uh so my that was gonna be one of my last questions so i guess i'll go here prediction for the road trip how many wins do you think they get so so uh i don't have the schedule for memory it's uh the lakers the clippers the warriors. warriors it's warriors clippers blazers. clippers lakers is a back-to-back and then blazers nuggets to finish oh it's not a back-to-back. It's oh yeah, it is Sunday, Monday, Saturday. Yeah, Lakers. Wait, Clippers. So how many, Clippers. How many Lakers. games is that? Five. Five. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna channel my inner Ricky O'Donnell here and say they're gonna go eight and zero. It's so funny, Ricky. Like people are giving you so much crap for uh, being this Debbie Downer all the time about the Bulls, and they didn't read you during the Tibbs years where you were like. You're really pumping this team up and showing people how much fun it is. Uh, I feel like you're getting back to that, which is awesome, you know. And I am too. Like I was, uh, I was, I was a 
pretty big bulls realist. I would say I could just see that the team is going nowhere and um, it's just awesome. Yeah. To like be able to enjoy the team again and have fun with it. You know? Well, dude, we got what we wanted. We wanted Garpax gone. Garpax was exiled mostly due, I think to pressure put on by the fan base. I think that, you know, the attendance numbers going down influenced it. I think that whatever happened during All-Star Weekend with the fans chanting fire packs during the Olympian was humiliating. I think Jim Boylan, in a lot of ways, is one of the best things to ever happen to the franchise <laughs> because he was so brutally bad. Expedited. They kind of had to make a change. And still, they asked prospective GMs to keep an open mind. <laughs> about retaining Jim Boylan. Can you believe that shit? I still can't believe it. I, I almost tweeted it out yesterday, but the vibes were too get good. The, get the, get, get these vibes out of here. Get the Boylan uh, vibes out of here. And I just think that the Fire Garpax campaign, it's got to be one of the most successful grassroots campaigns we've seen <laughs> in sports over the, you know, over the last few years, no doubt. We got hey, what we I, wanted. We got a new team. I didn't want to watch Archie Diacono. I didn't want to look at Felicio anymore. Denzel. I didn't want to see Denzel be jacking, you know, pull up threes from 10 feet behind the line. And uh, I was confident when this team was put together. But at this point, dude, I mean, I don't know. Like, what? why wouldn't I think that they can compete at the top levels of the league? I'm not saying they're going to win the championship. This is all house money this year. But I'm also not going to write it off. Like, if the Bulls went to the Eastern Conference Finals, would I be shocked? No, I wouldn't, because it's going to be a matchup game, ultimately. It's going to be a war of attrition, too, in the playoffs. Who's hurt? Uh, who's playing their best ball? You know, COVID still out there. But uh, I think everything we've seen thus far has been really positive. You've mentioned in your writing, everyone go subscribe to Steph's uh, newsletter to stephno.substack.com. Uh, there's some low-hanging fruit they can clean up, too, as you've been noting in your newsletter uh, throughout all season. So, yeah, dude, I'm feeling good about it. I don't know. Why not? So you read Ricky. Bulls in six. Let's go. I think, Ricky, you're missing the biggest factor in how this stuff all turned around, and that was you challenging Jim Boylan to a push-up contest. He was <laughs> clearly frightened, never took you up on it, and uh, we haven't seen him in town since. So Now he's just Thank you. Team USA, Thank you, coach. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Good stuff. All right. I think we should wrap it up here. This is awesome stuff as always. Uh, I know Ricky just kind of gave away your, uh, your, uh, your site there again, but let's have you, you Steph again, just uh, tell tell our listeners where they could find you on Twitter, your work, all that good stuff. Yeah. You can follow me at Steph. No S T E P H N O H. And yeah, go to my sub stack. The stuff is free. It's just donation based. So if you, read it all the time and enjoy it then throw me a couple bucks. That'd be great. Uh, and be sure to look at my feed after bulls wins. And I try to get that video up in the first 10 minutes. Uh, it's a, it's a good time. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much again. Obviously if they win tomorrow night, they'll be a little late. It'll be a, what is it? We got, is it nine 30 local for Chicago time? Probably tomorrow's game nine. I know it's an ESPN game. So we got some national TV bulls, uh, finally getting, uh, like no pelicans get them out of here we had what rockets pistons the other day on espn get it out of here we finally got some bulls bulls warriors some good vibes for both teams so far that should hopefully be a lot of fun i unfortunately i'm going to be watching the shitty chicago blackhawks in person with my my father and my brother uh so hopefully i'll be able to see the catch the end of the uh 
Bulls Warriors game. I might have to saunter over to like the Billy Goat and watch uh, the end of Bulls Warriors after this Blackhawks game. But I'm sure the Blackhawks will embarrass themselves like they always do. Hopefully the Bulls do not. And they'll, they'll have another fun competitive game. Uh, they really, they, they have been competitive in every single game. They have not been, they've had, they've gotten down in some games, but they haven't actually gotten blown out. So hopefully again, they get another competitive game and hopefully they can pull out a win to start this road trip. It's going to be tough. No Vooch probably for the whole thing, but, uh, I guess to me, if I would make a prediction, I'd say they get two wins on this road trip, which I don't have to be fine with two or three wins. Maybe that maybe two is a little nuts. You read enough for us, but, uh, I would take two and three considering this especially with Vooch being out, but maybe they'll get three. That'd be three and two would be nice too, but uh, thanks again, Steph. Uh, and we'll wrap it up here as always. Shout out to the blue wire network. Uh, check out all the other great pods. If you like what we're doing here, we got blue wires just going to the moon, tons of great stuff going on with the blue wire network. Please go check those out for us here at cash. As always, please review us. Give us those five star ratings on Apple podcasts. That helps us out. L- leave us uh, reviews on there. Uh, we're also on Spotify. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all those good places. For Twitter, you could find me at Bulls underscore J. Ricky, you could find him at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, and then shout out to our guy, Fuzz Gun, who made our sweet new intro. Uh, beat beat uh, Steph to the Punch with his new Bulls viral video, too. That could have been our new, our new theme song, but shout out to him. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, so we got Bulls Warriors tomorrow, and then we got Clippers, Lakers, uh, Sunday, Monday, back-to-back. Our next pod will probably be after that Lakers game next week. So uh, talk to you guys next time. Thanks again, Seth, for, for joining us. Later. This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.